God of wisdom, by your spirit, may your word be proclaimed so that we may know good news in our hearts and minds and bear witness to the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ in our words and our deeds. Now quiet in us any voice but yours so that we may hear your word to us today. Amen. Our scripture reading is from the first chapter of Mark, starting at the 35th verse. In the morning, while it was still very dark, he got up and went to a deserted place, and there Jesus prayed. And Simon and his companions hunted for him. When they found him, they said, Everyone is searching for you. He answered, let us go on to the neighboring towns so that I may proclaim the message there also, for that is what I came out to do. And he went throughout Galilee, proclaiming the message in their synagogues and casting out demons. A leper came to him, begging him and kneeling. He said to him, if you choose, you can make me clean. Moved with pity, Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him and said to him, I do choose, be made clean. And immediately the leprosy left him and he was made clean. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks, Thanks be to God. God. O Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Do you know what you're looking for? A very frustrated car salesman asked me that very question one time. So I told him, safety, comfort, and an affordable degree of elegance. Well, I knew the characteristics I wanted in a new car, but not the make or the model or the particular accessories package. Now, one time as the head of a, a pulpit nominating committee, I surveyed a congregation and and moderated the committee debate trying to answer that same question for the church. What are you looking for in a pastor? And basically, people wanted a shiny new seminary graduate who had at least 20 years of experience <laughs> and a model family that he valued highly but didn't spend any time with. <laughs> I had a friend who was looking for a church, and he told me about it. He described the churches he had visited in terms of the cars in the parking lot. He said he didn't want a church that had all Cadillacs and Mercedes, and he didn't want a church that had all old pickups. As far as I could tell, he wanted a down-to-earth congregation that didn't put on any airs, but enjoyed the erudite preaching of a Harvard graduate. <laughs> I found a car. The church found a preacher. And my friend found a church. 
but there's still seekers out there looking for something they haven't found yet. Maybe, maybe you're one of them. You remember Dolly Parton's song about the seeker? I can't sing like Dolly now. I am a, but I'll tell you what she's saying. I am a seeker, a poor, sinful creature. There is no weaker than I am. I am a seeker. You are a teacher. You are a teacher. So reach down. Won't you reach out and lead me, guide me, and keep me in the shelter of your care each day. Now there's a prayer. Or maybe the band U2 is more your style and you still haven't found what you're looking for, as they say. Well, I was reading a book by that great North Carolina author, Thomas Wolfe, You Can't Go Home Again. Well, you can, but it's just not the same. <laughs> he wrote of people seeking cocaine. No, 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 it's not cocaine. This is cocaine, C-O-C-K-A-I-G-N-E. I had to look it up. It's a medieval, mythical land of plenty, an imaginary place of extreme luxury and ease where physical comforts and pleasures are always immediately at hand and where the harshness of that medieval peasant life did not exist. Nowadays, we might think of that as, you know, being able to live in a lush resort with somebody else paying the bill. Well, one time uh, years ago, my mother visited us and Betty and I had promised her a, a new coat for her birthday that was coming up. And foolishly, foolishly, I volunteered to go with her. She shopped for that coat. Well, I learned that she had something very specific in mind and that I had absolutely no idea what that was. <laughs> After trying on what seemed like every coat in one store in North Hill, she, she found one that was okay, but really not quite right. And although I'd seen a lot of wonderful coats, she had not found what she was looking for. And so as we left, I, I asked the clerk for her card, saying that otherwise when we came back, I just had to ask for the clerk that waited on Job and his mama. <laughs> By the way, I learned two things from that experience. I learned it was better to send my mom shopping with my mother-in-law. Because <laughs> Elsie knew where to go to find what she was looking for. And I learned I did not have the patience of Job. <laughs> Most men shopping, you know, it's, it's if you want it, let's get it and go, and if you don't want it, let's just go. <laughs> well, you remember that story of Job, though. We talked about it recently. A, a righteous man who had his faith tested when many bad things happened to him, and three of his friends came, and they, they sat with him in silence for a week, and then each of them made speeches, and one of Job's friends we talked about was Eliphaz. Eliphaz said, well, no mortal can be useful to God, so what's it matter if Job's good or not? And Job responds to him, said, Today my complaint is bitter. God's hand is heavy despite my groaning. Oh, that I might 
even find him, and I might come even to his dwelling. I'd lay my case before him and fill my mouth with arguments. I've met people that have done that. Filled my mouth with arguments, I would learn what he would answer me. He would understand, and I'd understand what he'd say to me. Would he contend with me in the greatness of his power? No, he'd give heed to me. He'd listen. Then an upright person could reason with him. I should be acquitted forever. Now here comes the searching part. If I go forward, he is not there or backward. I cannot perceive him. On the left, he hides and I cannot behold him. I turn to the right, but I cannot see him. Well, this frustrated man cannot figure out why God has let such bad things happen to him. And he seeks God so he can plead his case. Like a confident lawyer, maybe like an overconfident lawyer, he feels ready to argue his cause if he can just find God. Are you today like Job, searching for God? answer your questions to do something in an interview about his series of films on PBS about the national parks Ken Burns said that the first impulse for the national parks was the belief that people could find God in nature's outdoor cathedrals so where do you find God Or what about the most popular form of searching today? Google. <laughs> if you were looking for God by using the internet, what would be your search terms? Would you look for our help in ages past? Our hope for years to come? Would you be looking for strength for today and bright hope for tomorrow? Would you be like the rich young man in the 10th chapter of Mark who was more attached to his stuff, his possessions, than to God, who was looking for salvation and not ready to sacrifice anything? Would you be like Job looking to file a complaint in the customer service department? Would you be looking for the glories of God's creation Minus the hassle of dealing with the billions of needy people in the world. Would you be looking for the get without the give? Many New Testament stories tell of people seeking healing from Jesus. Back in the that first chapter of Mark is the story we read of the leper coming to Jesus seeking to be made clean. Jesus did not separate the combinations that we sometimes split people up with. First, he did not separate words and action. He didn't just speak to the leper, he touched him. He did not just try to cheer him up, he healed him. For many of us, however, saying and doing are things that have quarreled and parted. Secondly, he did not separate soul and body. Jesus tended to both the physical and the spiritual needs. And thirdly, he did not separate earth and heaven. Remember, Jesus' prayer was, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. 
Well, years ago, actually decades ago, I, I took an important walk with my best friend. Those days, we were both single men. So you know what we talked about was women. <laughs> and having both had our share of rejections, and sometimes more of our, than our share of, and disappointments, we discussed <coughs> the characteristics that we considered to be essential to the ideal woman. Toward the end of that walk, I had one of those, aha, eureka experiences. like you've seen in the most romantic movies. I realized I knew the person who embodied all the traits that I described as being those of an ideal woman. And yes, we eventually married. <laughs> Raised children and so on. If you were a seeker, if you were looking for where to place your faith, where to put your trust. If you're looking for forgiveness, for strength, for hope, for love, for God. If you're like Dolly Parton, a seeker, a poor sinful creature in need of a teacher who will reach out and keep you in the shelter of God's care, you can stop searching. God has already found you. One of the Presbyterian hymns I was raised singing said, I sought the Lord and afterward I knew he moved my soul to seek him, seeking me. It was not I that found, O Savior true, no, I was found of thee. Thou didst reach forth thy hand and mine enfold. I walked and sank not on the storm-vexed sea. T'was not so much that I on thee took hold, as thou, Lord, on me, I find, I walk, I love, but oh, the whole of love is but my answer, Lord, to thee, for thou wert long beforehand with my soul, always thou lovest me. Well, it uses those old English terms, but you get the point. You don't have to seek God. You don't have to reach out for God. God's already got you in the palm of his hand. Thanks be to God.